Hello and welcome to Everyday Wholeness with Lori Fletcher. I so hope to come to you with encouragement and with joy and with hope, which I've learned are things that are not tied to our circumstances, but instead in the messages and person of Jesus. I hope here to tackle relevant topics of today and provide you with practical ways of feeling like you are living in a place of peace and wholeness every day. Good morning, this is Lori Fletcher. It is a Thursday morning in February. Um, I actually don't remember my last recording. It might have been two or three weeks ago. I am very much working on my consistency here. I do have um, Living in Joy Part 2 ready to go. I just had been holding off on recording it because I felt like the Lord was working with me on something else. And this morning I woke up um, very early with a very burning desire to get the things out that I felt like the Lord was working with me on. And um, so there will be a Living in Joy Part 2, which I have a great passion for that message. But this morning I have an even greater passion to talk to you all about challenging the religious spirit. I um, <clears throat> I do feel like I, I need to add some context uh, before I go into challenging the religious spirit. I want to say that some of the things that I'm going to say in this podcast are highly controversial, controversial, particularly among um, the Christian community, Christian circles. Uh, but I have to say them. And this is partly why I started the podcast, because I am... Um, I've been a Christian for most of my life. I was saved um, when I was 11, um, but I wasn't really in an environment where I could, I was aptly able to continue to follow the Lord. And so I, I remember having another encounter with the Lord when I was 15. And then finally, once and for all, rededicated my life to the Lord when I was 17. And I haven't turned back since then. And I'm 35 now. Um, I became a Christian uh, in a situation where it wasn't, I became a Christian because I had what I believe was a true encounter with the Lord. And it was earth shattering. It was earth rocking for me. I could never, no matter how much I tried to run from it, no matter how many times, no matter how much I explored other ways of living, I always came back to Jesus Christ and I never could get away from it. It, 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 it was my, it was who I, who I wanted to be. Um, and like, I wasn't, I'm not the Christian that grew up in church. I'm not the Christian that, you know, was indoctrinated into it. Um, I just believe I just had a genuine encounter with the Lord. And since then I've been, um, chasing after him with my life. And um, that being said, I have to say, I have been, and my husband and I talk about this all the time, I have been 
on the side of embarrassed. I have been so embarrassed by the majority of representation by the Christian community. Um, and I'm not speaking to everybody who's a Christian who's out there and who's ministering and writing books and, and doing the work of the Lord, but I'm going to say there's a general consensus out there, if you haven't noticed in our country, that Christians are are judgmental, are Bible thumping. There's even a good good amount of people who believe Christians are simply ignorant um, in their in their beliefs. And I don't think any of those things are true about Christians, but it's hard to turn a blind eye to how people came to those conclusions. And I'm going to give you some really uh, to be to be up with the times. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. I'm going to say cringeworthy because I have a couple situations that I'm going to explain that that are what people are experiencing from their encounters with Christians. And it's been horrific to me to watch. Um, so one of those examples, I recently had a friend who um, has been my friend for a long time and her and I are both Christians. We don't see eye to eye on a lot, <laughs> a lot on a lot of things, but what we've always been able to see eye to eye on is our love for each other. And this friend of mine, um, has struggled with, um, you know, emotional, mental, um, health issues for most of her life. Um, and you know, just in the last couple years, she has gotten very, um, stabilized. Uh, she has gotten medical help that she needed for a long time and she's been on medicine. So this medicine ha is one of its major side effects is gaining weight and not being able to lose it. Um, and this particular friend of mine, she, uh, Ha, was doing everything she could to lose this weight and stay on the medicine for her mental health. And it really just wasn't going anywhere. It was, it was, it was just, it's been a very difficult journey for her. And, um, so her and her partner, uh, decided together with their doctor that she would get liposuction. And, I don't have anything to say about liposuction, especially if it's been agreed on by your doctor that that would be the next step. And she's tried multiple, multiple, multiple things before she's gotten here. Um, and coming off her medicine is not um, the best thing for her. I know even, even in that, I know Christians who would say, you shouldn't need any medicine. And I just think I'm also a registered nurse. And I think that there, that, that is not the wisest thing to say either. I, I can't go into that right now, but anyway, she was told by a Christian that her surgery was disgusting and evil and it really hurt her heart. And, um, that's just one example of things that my husband and I agreed on that we've seen and heard that were just embarrassing. Um, another situation that was just embarrassing as a Christian, as a conservative, was 
and it's a very touchy subject and it might be difficult for me to get through without tearing up, but you know, about just a little over a year ago, um, our country had a very difficult time with the election of a new president and um, it's so hard to talk about. So our, our capital was attacked on January 6th and, um, and it was so embarrassing. And, you know, they recently, uh, HBO recently came out with a documentary on, on that. And my husband and I, with my 13 year old daughter, we sat down and we, and we watched it. Um, it took me like, it had been on there for like a month or two before I could, I could watch it. Cause I was already so horrified by the events of that day. So I watched it and what was so embarrassing were a lot of those people that violently stormed our nation's capital were people who were shouting their conservative and Christian beliefs. And it was so horrifically shameful. Why am I telling you this? Why am I giving you these examples? Because I want to challenge the religious spirit in you today. I want to challenge the Pharisee in you today. I have one more real life example before I go into the teachings of Jesus um, that will, that hopefully, oh my gosh, hopefully will it challenge the religious spirit in you and how you interact with the world around you. Um, I have been an athlete most of my life. <clears throat> I've been a runner. It's, it's just, I've been a runner since I was 11 years old. And um, I've continued um, to maintain some, some level of athleticism through my adulthood as well. And, um, you know, and it's, it's up for debate, I'm sure. I'm not beyond correction myself. Um, but even now getting my fitness back, you know, every now and then I'll post what they call a progression photo of uh, me trying to get my fitness back and trying to lose weight after two babies. Well, I recently had a friend, um, <laughs> I posted one just yesterday and um, it's actually just, anyway, so this friend posted a video on modesty and then began to share her Christian views about women being modest. And I'm sure I have room for correction in this, um, but I've, I've honestly just seen myself and posted myself in sports where, I mean, since I was 12, I mean, I've just always, it's part of my life. I didn't, I didn't even think twice about it really, but it, it hurt my heart. And here's why, because not because of me, but it hurt my heart because I feel like there's, there's always a deeper level that never gets addressed when people start talking about the religious side. So the religious side, the message was, modesty is so important and here's why it's so important and here's what the bible says about it and i challenge you as a woman to invite the lord into that conversation so that you can glorify him with your modesty and not with pictures of you showing a lot of skin because it doesn't glorify the lord okay i got it i got the message that's great but the other level of that much like the other level of 
everything that I feel we are supposed to be representing as Christians is, but where's the integrity? Why aren't we addressing the integrity? Because people can behave correctly all day long, but if they're not actually at their core in integrous, in the way that they deal with the world, in the way that they love people, it doesn't mean anything. And I gave her the example, like I've known women who were incredibly modest and also spoke about modesty uh, from a Christian standpoint, but they were sleeping with somebody else's husband. So why aren't we, why aren't we addressing the core of the fact that as a Christian, we are supposed to love people and that love is supposed to turn the world upside down. Does it look a certain way? I don't, I don't really think so. Do we have certain values and standards that we stand on for ourselves? Of course we do because of our relationship with the Lord and because of the way he has loved us. We didn't just wake up one day and decide we, we're no longer going to do X, Y, Z. The Lord has slowly corrected everything in us to bring us from our old person to our new person every day of our walk with him. So why then would we turn around and beat scripture into somebody else who isn't behaving the way we think they need to behave because the scripture says this instead of understanding the actual ministry of Jesus while he was here. And now I'm going to go into the ministry of Jesus while he was here and that Jesus was hundred percent God, hundred percent man. He came to fulfill the law, to love and to reconnect us back with the Lord and did he and how he did it. I just don't think there's enough out there to explain how Jesus did it. And he did it so controversially that I feel like I need to bring these situations up and challenge you to challenge the religion in you, the Pharisee in you and bring about that earth shattering love that rocked the world when Jesus was walking the earth. So that was a, 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 a long introduction, maybe, or maybe it's not an introduction at all. It's just me talking. This is a completely unedited podcast. So Jesus constantly displayed his contempt for religion and religious works. And it was incredibly often. He was always in a situation where he not only challenged religion, but he, but then he spoke truth and love into the situation. And I think that we, we miss that first step so often as Christians. And because we miss that first step and then we speak the scripture and tell people all the ways that they're not doing it right. We missed that first step where we didn't challenge the religion part. And, um, 
And then that's what makes us, that's actually what is turning people away from the Lord is when we're speaking at them and not to them and not for them. So I'm going to give you, I have six examples. Um, I'm going to give you the example. I'm going to give you a very short sentence on how Jesus handled that situation. I'm going to give you the scripture where you can find it. So we have about two more minutes left here. Jesus was in a situation um, where he was a Jewish man and he was found alone with a Samaritan woman at the drinking well. There's so much wrong with that in a, in a religious uh, point of view that Jews didn't talk to Samaritans and definitely men weren't found alone with women. Um, but that encounter and that experience between Jesus and this woman shattered that woman's whole world in a positive way. And it led an entire city to be saved. And he wasn't politically correct in that situation. Jesus and that is found in John 4. In Luke 7, 36 through 50, Jesus is sitting in the house of a Pharisee. So today that would be like me sitting in the house of a pastor that's well-known um, or a minister that's well-known, tons of accolades. Um, anyway, he's sitting there and because uh, he was invited. And this woman comes in who isn't a Pharisee, who isn't a religious leader, who is actually looked looked down upon by the city and by the Pharisees because she is what they call a quote, quote, sinful woman. That's what they actually called her in the Bible. And but she wept in her love for Jesus. She wept over being in his presence and cried so much in her weeping that she washed his feet with her tears and with her hair and she took the only oil that she had and she anointed jesus with it and her love was so outstanding that jesus said to the pharisees when they asked him and they challenged him and they said do you not know what this woman does and who she is and you're letting her and you're letting her do this um and jesus challenged them in that moment. And he said, well, you didn't offer water to wash my feet and you didn't, and you didn't anoint me with oil. And you know, basically saying, you know who I am, but you didn't offer me these things. This woman and her great love for me did. That was also not a politically correct situation that Jesus showed up, challenged religion, spoke truth and love. Jesus was in John, um, a lot of these stories are out of John. Uh, I didn't write down the scripture here, but there was this, there was this time when Jesus entered into the city gates and he heard that people were, um, creating profit and making a marketplace out of the temple and how, how similar, so take a step back and, and realize like how similar is that to how disgusting it has been when we have 
televangelist people who get exposed for laundering money. I mean, just in the last few months, Ryan and I have watched um, a couple documentaries on that, on um, church leaders abusing their roles for profit. And I think that was that same, was the same situation when people were, were creating a profitable situation for themselves in the temple of God. And Jesus showed how angry that made him. He flipped their tables over and drove them out. I don't, I just, I don't think Jesus ever meant for Christians to represent the kingdom of God in the way that I have seen Christians represent the kingdom of God lately in today's time. The adulterous woman in John 8. In John 8, again, the religious leaders are trying to, are trying to trap him. They're trying to catch him. Uh, they, in my mind, this is how I see it. They literally like throw a woman in front of his feet who was caught in the very act of adultery. So she was caught actually having sexual relations with somebody else's husband. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what adultery is. And they say to him, our law says we have to stone her. What do you say? And I know that you probably know the story, but Jesus responded again in truth and in love, and he challenged the religious spirit. So he, he spoke truth to them and he said, if you are without sin, you may throw a stone at her. And they all, one by one, walked away because they couldn't throw a stone at her in the context of them being without sin. And then Jesus, after they all walked away, then Jesus turned to the woman and he, and he, in truth and love, dealt with her after he dealt with the religious spirit and turned it away. Healing on the Sabbath, John 5, 1 through 18. So this would be, this would be similar uh, I'm trying to think about what in the world this would be similar to today because it it still is so funny to me. So these religious leaders who knew scripture and who knew to tr who taught scripture were angry with Jesus because he healed a man's hand on the Sabbath day. And again, they challenged Jesus. Um, they were watching him. They were lying in wait and watching to see if he was going to heal anybody on the Sabbath so that they could essentially come and uh, confront him um, with the rules of the Sabbath. And they did. And Jesus said to them, is it not better? Is it not better for love and life to be handled on the Sabbath instead of death? Um, it was something like that, but it's in June, it's in John 5, 1 through 18. And they walked away and started to plot his death because he healed on the Sabbath. I mean, they were angry before that, but this, this really did it for them, apparently, that he healed somebody on the Sabbath, which seems so ridiculous. Um, and my last example, and there's so many, I mean, there's just so many. It blows my mind how often Jesus challenged religion. But he, uh, 
he turned water into wine. And I think that's the most um, widely known story about Jesus. However, if you look at it closely from your, your Christian values on your Christian value throne, you'll see this was a day, this was a wedding and a day. This was day three of this wedding when people had already been drinking for two days and Jesus creates more wine for them to continue drinking. And it's the best wine of the entire wedding. So often, this is what I've seen. I've seen Christians just be horribly judgmental of the alcoholic and of drunkenness. I mean, to the point that I've heard pastors talk about, I mean, you're, you're going to hell if you t even take one drink of alcohol. I've, I've heard it. It's embarrassing. It's ignorant. And I've heard it. And I don't feel, and I don't even know if Jesus drank this wine and I doubt Jesus got drunk, but it didn't keep Jesus from performing a miracle of love. And the miracle of the love in this situation was continuing to celebrate the wedding by turning water into wine for this family and for this for this wedding. So again, he he sh he showed up in truth and love, and um, I just I just feel like Christians, conservative Christians, conservative Southern Christians are being horribly misrepresented in today's world, in today's culture. And um, I hope that this message will challenge you to challenge that part of you. How do we challenge that part of us? For me, the scripture that talks about love and how if we don't love, it doesn't, nothing we do means anything. I think that scripture is probably my life scripture. I think, um, I challenge you to get into the stories of Jesus and see just how controversial he was and how many uncomfortable, uncouth, un-Christian um, situations he was in, but he showed up, he spoke to religion and he spoke truth and love always for the purpose of loving people it was that was always his goal and i just was teaching this scripture to my children yesterday and it's the scripture that says you know if i i could speak tongues of a thousand tongues and i could speak the the language of angels but if i don't love i'm nothing i could have all the accolades in the world i could have all the money in the world i could give everything i have to the poor but if I don't love, I'm nothing. So what does that look like for you to put yourself in situations that challenge the religion in you, the Pharisee in you? What does it look like? What are you feeling so self-righteous about right now that you just know you're right? But what if you're not? And in, and in knowing that you're right and standing on what you absolutely know is right, you're actually not showing love.
if anything, you're turning people away from the kingdom who desperately need the kingdom in their lives. What does that look like for you right now? For me, I'm going to list a few situations. This could speak to you. Does it look like sitting with the homeless drunk on the street and ministering to them? Does it look like spending the entire day with a woman who you know is having an affair with another man's husband? Does it look like actually getting involved in politics and speaking out about political issues that are indeed so important to our world today? And we need more Christian leaders in our politics. And the last one I'm going to say is, is highly controversial, but, and what if someone you love very deeply, very deeply, and you have a relationship with this person that you cherish very much, and they invite you to a wedding where they're marrying somebody of the same sex. What's your decision? How are you going to love? How are you going to challenge the religion fair, the religious Pharisee in you? This has been Lori Fletcher with Everyday Wholeness. This has been Lori Fletcher with Everyday Wholeness. Closing out and imparting on you growth, hope, and healing. If you'd like to support this podcast, there's a chance to do so in the app.